0: This is their third episode of Romantic Underpinnings. I'm Ashton Wise and my co-host Andrew Bleeker, who forgot to introduce me last week, but I'm much better at this than he is, so here we are. Hello. (laughs) That's all they get? Hello?
1: I'm Andrew Bleeker.
0: (laughs) I already said that.
1: They're going to hear enough of me during this episode.
0: Okay, well where can they find our stuff, honey?
1: They can find us on what probably Twitter and Instagram mm-hmm. and our website. Yeah. Have you actually made accounts at all of those?
0: No, because I have to pay for the website, but I'm on it. But By the time this goes up, they'll all exist.
1: That's fine. Our d- d- is our. What are, what are our Twitter and Instagram handles? I don't know them. They're
0: gonna be at Romantic Underpinnings. Just the name of the show. Really? Mm-hmm. You got those? Well, yeah, they're available. Last time I checked.
1: Sweet, all so, right.
0: So, yes, probably. I mean, who would want that?
1: <laughs> Find us. Well, it, it's going to be fun flex of my audio editing capabilities if we have to change that <laughs> to the real handles.
0: Just a quick correction on the socials for that episode. Our Twitter handle is actually at Rom Under pod, not Romantic Underpinnings. It wasn't available. Um, but our Instagram and our website are correct, RomanticUnderpinnings.com or at RomanticUnderpinnings. Um, don't forget to like, subscribe. Uh, rate review and subscribe us wherever you find your podcasts and we hope you liked it and we'll listen to the next one thanks
1: anyway oh i we hadn't discussed this but i think we should um recap the plot up to this point ah, of the novel before i launch into chapter three written by <clears throat> ashton wise so yeah um, we
0: should also just talk about the general idea of the show probably also Oh! Because we did that in the first episode, but you know. To those of you following along at home, I'm writing, we're writing a romance novel, and I'm writing the men's chapters, um, which Andrew is going to read aloud for you, but he has not read them until he reads them aloud on the podcast, and then vice versa, he is writing the female chapters, and then I have not read them until I read it aloud to you all.
1: Yep, that's it. And we've already been introduced to our hero, Anthony, in the first chapter. Um, do you want to explain quickly what uh, Anthony was up to in the first chapter? Sure.
0: Um, so I had a little faux pas, which we talked about last time. But he has, he's basically a pirate, and his captain sort of father figure has perished in the sea. So he went to the king to get an official charter. Um, but the king just charged him with a dubious mission of planting something, right, we decided?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, that's what you decided planting, in chapter one.
0: Well, I think I said he was going to steal something.
1: We'll have to go to the tape.
0: <laughs> Regardless, he is supposed to uh, be in the French court where he's not supposed to be. Um, and then the king has said if he comes back successful, he will get his legal charter for his own ship and crew.
1: Yes. (laughs) And in chapter two, we met the luscious, gorgeous, albeit not yet actually physically described, um, I think her name is Agatha Van Hoorn. Um, (laughs) she is a... Dutch woman who had uh, largely grown up uh, in the colony of Suriname or whatever they called Suriname at the time um, and left there under a cloud and she was semi imprisoned at the court of King William the third of England um, after that Dutch dude uh, basically t- assumed the English throne but she has her own agenda And have followed Anthony away after his meeting with the king in chapter one. And so they are on a collision course.
0: Let's explore language, romance, and resilience. And welcome to Romantic Underpinnings.
1: I feel like I should read the chapter and then we'll discuss the upcoming plot and how it will affect my chapter four
0: all right i'm ready
1: all right this is chapter three um stupid question Mm -hmm. do you have a name for this novel
0: well i just called it a novel idea (laughs) (laughs) Um, but no we don't have like an official name we have a name for the podcast obviously but the novel itself doesn't have a name
1: All right, I smell a Twitter poll coming up toward the end of this series. There you go. Um, We'll have various novel uh, name options, and you can pick the worst one, because that's probably what people will do. (laughs) Um, Anyway, uh, I will start reading Chapter 3 from Anthony's Perspective. It was a solid 24 hours before Anthony felt like he could safely consume sustenance without being concerned that he might get to remake its acquaintance on a second meeting. He strode out into the night on the following day. He strode out into the night on the following day?
0: Yeah, so it's been a full 24 hours since he ceased throwing up, basically.
1: Oh, so I So it's see. the
0: following day, right?
1: So yes, the following calendar day, but it is nighttime <laughs> on that calendar day. Yes, yes in search of something more than the bread and water he'd been using to regain a clear head. Stella was being extremely generous with her time in lodging, but he needed to take a break from the body house. As he strode into the streets that smelled of other people's wastes, the night's chill nipped at him. The weather was changing from summer to fall, and he could taste the changing season in the air. He thought he might be able to smell the sea from here also, but when he took a deep inhale, All he received was sewer. He shook his head in disgust and stepped over a particularly nasty-looking pile of something. There was a tavern close by that he usually frequented. He loved their lamb stew. Anthony felt that a good bowl of stew was exactly what would cure him of the last bits of his hangover. As he walked down the cobbles, he felt strangely lost and adrift. He realized that the feeling was a familiar one, but one he hadn't experienced after finding his place with Henry. A wave of nauseous sorrow rippled through him, traveling up to meet the dull ache behind his eyes. Less than five minutes later, he was sat at a table and had ordered. He blindly watched the serving girls hustle and bustle through the tavern, alternatively carrying plates of food and empty ones to and from the kitchen. He turned his eyes downcast, staring into the carbonated surface of his tankard. Suddenly, he snapped his head up. He felt eyes on him. He looked around the room quickly, searching the busy tavern for a person's gaze. He scanned from one party to another and finally shook his head at his own folly, returning his eyes to the surface of his ale. I always thought of 17th century ale as flat, but <laughs> who knows?
0: Man, I did like some other so much other weird like bits and pieces of of research for this that you'll you know discover later on. But I didn't think about the ale not being carbon, carbonated. It should be though, yeah,
1: I mean, it should be part like, of the fermentation process, yeah, um, I just know that like I don't know. I, I feel mean like it's
0: our... probably relatively flat to like the stuff we drink, you know, because it wouldn't be cold either.
1: Oh, yeah, it wouldn't... Oh, no, cold. Yeah, I feel like that's just a thing in England. It's like room-temperature beer, or has room been
0: Room-temperature flat beer, yeah. But, like, still, it'd still be carbonated to some degree, right?
1: Oh, yeah, I think it has to be. Oh. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, despite my renowned knowledge of alcohol, I, I sort of... Um, <laughs> Bit off more than I can chew with this with this question, but uh, I I do sort of I just wanted to note it so I could look it up later because now I'm intrigued. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's it's the important things in this in this novel that sure. I'm really latching like onto the
0: hairnets and the <sighs> the <AL> being full.
1: <laughs> Once once I have a name for the weird <laughs> the weird clamp at the back of <laughs> Agatha's head that's sort of like this the, is a
0: hair clip if you want to be whatever about it. Or hair Fine. ornament? Why is it a clamp? She's not like welding something.
1: I, I don't know. It it <laughs> like well the 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 Google image search was, was extremely strange. Anyway sure. we'll okay. deal with Agatha's <laughs> ornament later and uh, I will I'll return to this chapter. Um The feeling of aloneness threatened to overwhelm him. His mother had been such a comforting presence, and there had always been someone on hand at the estate to listen to his schoolboy troubles growing up, and then there had been Henry and the crew. But here he was, once again, alone in London. He had a mission, he knew, but he was not looking forward to what the king had asked him to do, Henry's dubious sense of honor had always been enough for Anthony, but now that he was gone, he wasn't certain how good he'd felt about continuing to pursue a life on the wrong side of the law. He had been so hopeful about receiving an official license for a ship and a crew that he hadn't considered what would happen if the king had refused to grant him one. Now, all he had was a bag of gold, a heart full of heaviness, and no desire to fulfill his task. The only bright spot was that he was guaranteed papers as soon as the king got what he wanted. Anthony knew the trip to France wasn't an arduous one, but this time of year the crossing could be tricky, not to mention the officials and port authorities that needed to be either bribed or dodged. He sighed, running hand down over his weather-worn face. Although only 22, he had the lines of an older man due to the constant sun and saltwater spray he was subjected to. He wore his skin easily, though, and had a nose that had clearly been broken once or twice to offset his almost unnaturally straight white teeth. He is English, that is.
0: I know, that's why they're unnatural.
1: Wow. But um, like,
0: you know I can't handle bad dental work, so here we are.
1: Fair enough. No, I'm, I mean, <laughs> I'm sure Agatha's going to appreciate it. I gave him a
0: crooked that. nose, come on.
1: Yeah, no, no, that's that's good. I'm, I'm into him. Um, you would be. <laughs> When he smiled, it took years off his face, and he looked closer to his age. At the moment, between the alcohol and the task set to him, he looked closer to 30 than to 25. You know, as someone who's 37, I hate to hear like, oh, he looked so old. He was 30.
0: I didn't say he looked old. I said he looked older than he was. He's only 22. He shouldn't look like a 30-year-old. That's eight years.
1: No, he should look like a 37-year-old. Uh,
0: so yeah. are you saying you look like a 22-year-old or I'm not quite getting the logic on this? Uh,
1: yeah, I'm going to go with I look like a 22-year-old. Oh, okay. Um,
0: sure. Sure. Let us know in the comments below.
1: Or I should say the best-looking 22-year-olds look 37.
0: I Uh, mean, this is a podcast, so there's a reason it's just an audio medium, honey?
1: But not a good one. Uh, (laughs) His stew had arrived unnoticed by him. The smell wafting up to meet him quickly provoked a response from his stomach. It grumbled up at him, and he was reminded that he'd only been eating bread and water for the last several hours. He dipped his spoon into the thick stew that he had been craving aboard the ship a month ago. The flavors sang on his tongue, reminding him why he loved this stew and this tavern so much. The lamb was cooked just right for a stew and had melded lovingly with the carrots, potatoes, celery, and onion that had been simmering with the meat for hours. The added salt helped to clear away the last of the liquor he'd drank. He finished his bowl much too soon, but not before it helped him make peace with the situation he'd been put in. He would just have to do this for the king to get his own charter. In the long run, it would be worth it. What was one crossing on the wrong side to be able to secure his own ship and crew on the right side in the long run? Regardless, he couldn't outright deny the king. There is no way around it. He shook aside any further objections he had and sealed off that line of thinking, and turned his mind to more practical matters, like a ship and a crew. He only needed a small schooner and a crew of six, including himself. He would he knew he would also have to take along some legitimate cargo, just in case he got stopped by port officials. He stroked his chin, trying to make a decision about what would be the cheapest and lightest cargo he could be ostensibly carrying with him. He knew a few men capable of faking the papers for him as well. He'd have to see who was available on the last minute to take on this risky mission. They'd all have to be paid as well. In his head, he counted what the king had given him. He realized belatedly that it wasn't enough to make any mistakes. He'd have one go at this, otherwise he'd have to either beg the king for more funds or find a way to make some on his own to just to support this ill-fated venture. He realized he'd been finished with his stew for a while, and had been distractedly drumming his browned hands on the edge of a table during his ruminations. He stopped, looking up, and caught the eye of one of the barmaids. He nodded at her for his bill, and she dipped her eyes and turned back to the bar to tally up his dinner. She sauntered toward the table, putting an extra sway into her hips as she walked over. She stopped in front of him and bent him over him to pick up his empty bowl. But also gave him an eyeful of her buxom form. He took a gander and then moved his head up to meet her eyes. All finished, I she asked that she Wait, you have to people. do it in
0: like a British accent. Uh,
1: uh <laughs> that's for paying subscribers only. I can't I, I can't I, do my I, British accent for free.
0: I tried to write it in, but you know, whatever. You do it. You do you, it's fine.
1: I could do my Scottish accent. No, your
0: Scottish accent is the worst thing ever, so you can't.
1: <laughs> All finished, I She asked as she held the empty bowl. He viewed this as obvious, but answered, Aye, how much do I owe ye? He asked, in as, in as polite a tone as he could muster. He wasn't interested in what this woman had on offer, but he worried that he'd have a hard time getting rid of her if he was too nice. Three penny, as you well know. She smirked at him, trying to show off what she thought was a pretty smile. He only saw the tired lines around her eyes and the weight of the dishes laden in her hands. He smiled up at her and placed the money on the table. Thank ye. The stew was as good as ever, he said as he stood up. When he stood to his full height, her eyes traveled up to his, her head nearly tilted at vertical. He was taller than the average man, and she was rather shorter than the average woman. You're welcome. I'll let the cook know. Unless you'd like to come back and tell him yourself, she said, with a hint of a wink in her voice. He knew what she meant and made a polite noise in his throat, and turned to take his coat from the back of the wooden chair he'd been sitting in. He shrugged into it, using it as an excuse to turn his back on her. He simply continued on out the door and strode through it, still feeling her eyes burning into the back of his neck. A blush started to creep up the back of his shoulders to meet his hairline. He tipped his chin back to give himself a little more courage and walked out the door. He had had, he had several serious trysts with women in his past, but then he was always leaving the port. He'd fall for some girl or other and then go out with Henry, sometimes not returning for months at a time. Invariably, he'd return and the woman would be settled with a cobbler, a grocer, a farmer, with a man whose profession didn't have him traveling more than half the year. After his last, Allison, he'd had no desire to try and start something with another woman who would only leave him for the next, more dependable man. He was attracted to the pretty tired barmaid, but not attracted enough to pursue another round of heartbreak for himself. He feared he'd be a lonely man until he was able to find a woman content to fend for herself while he was providing for both of them. He desperately wanted a family of his own and children he could claim, but feared it was simply not in the cards for him. He loved the sea with a fierce passion and knew that he would never be able to make a living doing anything other than sailing. He couldn't imagine being shorebound for the rest of his life, family or no. So, he'd resigned himself to the occasional body house in some of the ports he visited. He'd never sampled the wares at Stella's, though he'd been tempted a number of times. The place simply felt too much like a home for him to take one of the women for himself. Stella had offered to him on slow nights, even free of charge, but he'd always turned her down. Tonight, he wished he were different so that he wasn't going home alone to listen to satisfied customers to listen to satisfied customers be served by Stella's ladies of the night. The noise that met him in his attic room only intensified his feeling of loneliness. He'd decided he needed a few more days off from drinking in order to make his plans with as clear a head as possible. So, that night, he tossed and turned on his cot into the wee hours, hearing the moans and thrusts of the couples below him. He squeezed his eyes shut and, unbidden, Alison's glowing brunette hair met his blackened canvas. Her hair was a color he'd never seen before or since. It had shone with an almost unearthly light, illuminating her face. Anthony took his daydream farther and drew in her features as he remembered them. The wide-set eyes, brown, the larger than normal forehead, giving her face a slightly asymmetrical air, her straight long nose that pointed the way down to her full lips. He remembered that she had been vain of her lips and they had been plumped plump with a natural kissable redness to them he never remembered her using lip rouge or anything on them he remembered how sweet they tasted beneath his own she had loved any sweets she could get her hands on and often tasted of whatever little candy she could get her hands on (laughs) he smiled into his he smiled into his memory allison his memory allison he smiled into his memory allison
0: <laughs> what was, what's wrong with that
1: how do you smile into somebody he
0: smiled into the, his memory of her like into his memory version of her
1: i i was taking that very literally yeah i see <laughs> okay he smiled into his memory allison
0: <laughs> he smiled into his memory allison
1: And she smiled back at him in his mind. (laughs) Suddenly, a clatter shook him from his reverie, and he rolled over, nearly falling off his small cot. He leapt up and grabbed his shirt. Sometimes, customers caused trouble, and Stella needed help escorting them off the premises. He stumbled down the stairs to where he thought the noise had come from, hopping into one boot at a time as he went.
0: Yeah, how's that for a boot hanger?
1: Oh my goodness. I would have liked to see him hop into both boots at the same time. That would have been um, a truly deft move that had Agatha Van Hoorn seen it would have swept her off her feet. Oh,
0: I'm certain of it.
1: But anyway, I I think that the the broken nose and the unnatural teeth sound pretty good.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean they're they're nothing on his memory, Allison, which i I still can't believe you had such a hard time with
1: It's a combination of a memory, Allison, and a smiling into a memory
0: It's just like smiling at the idea of her. He's smiling at the at the remembering
1: I think it's purely an adverb thing, like i think I think at is the. Oh, it's not an adverb. Preposition. Mm. Uh, Oh, my goodness. God, I got to cover my own ass before I get pedantic. Anyway. (laughs) um, Which is all the time, folks. That's why I wear, you know, three layers of plate armor over my ass most of the time. But (laughs) I left it in uh, my other car this morning. Mm. Um, Anyway. Mm. Shall we talk about... uh, what we think is going to happen next?
0: I mean, sure. Yeah, I think that would be, you know, interesting slash good for us to go on the record to see how faithfully we follow along. All right. Well, first, what we guys we've been uh, rating these off air, so why don't you rate it on air? Did you like this chapter more or less than the last one?
1: Ooh.
0: Or was it as good or worse or? I don't know. Tell me.
1: I think it was a little better. Wow. I'm gonna have to give it a seven point five.
0: Oh, he guys, he gave the last one a seven. I also gave his a seven, keeping in mind that this is a actual rough draft of a novel. Um, which, so that's pretty good. Um, I'm impressed. What what garnered the extra half a point?
1: Um, wow. I think we're delving deeper into his character. And making, uh, we have a lot of good, uh, you know, practical and emotional backstory to chew on uh, that can, we have a nice uh, extra bit of conflict that can potentially show up in the relationship between the hero and heroine. Um, although, you know, I feel like the plot is also going to prevent a lot of uh, juicy stumbling blocks for for our uh, to the two kids who we hope get together in the end or yeah. actually by genre convention must get together in the end. So that's convenient. <laughs> well,
0: I thought it was like a good, like whatever those things are called where he was like, he needs his little wife to stay at home, but he like doesn't consider the fact that like she could come with him.
1: Oh, well, which is a perfect segue to our discussion of the plot yes, because... so
0: go ahead. Well,
1: yeah, I think I think my chapter made it pretty clear last week that she is totally coming with him right. on his harebrained well, trip to France. she's obviously
0: not just going to, like, sit at home pining over him, tending to their whatever children they may or may not have. So, I mean, that much is clear.
1: Yeah, no, she, she's pretty feisty. Um, yeah, I don't actually know whether she's going to, like figure out some way to blackmail him or just like straight up stow away um she hadn't decided i have also not decided um i think i might have to learn a little well now i know that it's a six person schooner um
0: what would See, ha- that was like the fun tidbits of research i was doing i had to make sure that schooners were in fact i really wanted to use that word and i had to check and make sure they were in fact Um, around in this time period and they are and they're actually it's a dutch designed ship so it's somewhere between like a sailboat and an actual like one of those big old timey ships but they're purported to be very fast but can also haul cargo and passengers but they're much smaller than like an average like cargo ship that you'd go to the americas or something
1: all right well That's great, because I want to use the verb to schoon.
0: Is that a verb or a real verb?
1: No, absolutely not. But (laughs) I still think, like, I like the idea, like, he schooned over to France in his schooner.
0: Well, they can schoon together.
1: Oh! (laughs) (laughs) Um, But anyway, yeah, she wants to, like, she wants to go to the colonies and settle both personal and political business that she still has over there, and, uh getting access to a pirate ship or commandeering it in some way uh, would probably be convenient. But I was thinking like her and Anthony strike some sort of deal where it's like, Oh, well, one thing, she probably speaks French, would be my guess, because well, she was, like, educated much, all fancy.
0: <clears throat> I love a woman dressing up as a man. So, like, she could ostensibly get hired on as one of his crew members. Oh!
1: Which I just
0: love. But he's only going to France, so I don't know how we're going to get to the colonies from there.
1: Well, well you the, know. the plan, or my my big plan, is, um, is th- they come up with a deal where it's like, I'll help you on this France escapade because I understand that you really need to do this and you can't just immediately... Also, we don't want to cross the ocean in this fucking schooner, but...
0: Yeah, he's going to need a different... Yeah, you can't
1: schoon all the way across no, the Atlantic. That's the only thing that. I know about seafaring. Okay. Um, <laughs> but uh, but once she helps him with the France escapade... Um, then he will somehow uh use his uh ship uh ability and the fact that he's a captain and stuff to get her where she needs to go as like a follow-up slash total sequel bait
0: That, that right that'll have to be like later though because yeah he's never gonna hire her on with that deal like she's just gonna have to make herself an invaluable crew member on this first thing and then be like, well, maybe I can bribe him later because he's been stealing from the French court or whatever.
1: Oh, blackmail him. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, she is, she's planning to blackmail him or stow away so that at least like it's too late to just send her off. Right. Okay. Um, like basically, yeah, she's not going to just be like, uh, I want to join your crew and I'm totally on the level And then later on be like, by the way, I have this thing. I think she's like totally out for herself and like wants to plot and scheme and fuck shit up and uh, get uh, basically like end up with this ship at at her disposal. However, it works. But he like thwarts whatever scheme she has, but cuts a deal with her because despite the fact that she infuriates him he finds himself very intrigued by her
0: <laughs> okay fair enough um i did leave you a little room for him for her to be staring at him in the tavern if necessary
1: i was um, wondering about you can that. take
0: it or leave it whatever otherwise it can just be a random barmaid like oogling him but if She's following him around, you know, Mm. and the downstairs clatter can also be her, but doesn't necessarily have to be her.
1: Ooh, yeah. No, I like the idea of her trying to like climb a gutter and then slapstick happens.
0: Right. Or he can just be like showing off his chivalry by like coming to the aid of some, you know, dispute or whatever. So it can or cannot be. You're going to have to. That's your job in the next part.
1: All right. I'm ready. I think that chapter 4 is probably where they meet in some capacity. Uh, if not, I might push it to you in chapter 5.
0: That's fine. Oh, I mean, he could meet her as a woman, and then, you know, she, this young lad is eerily familiar, blah, 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 you know.
1: Hmm. He can
0: meet her as Agatha, doing whatever she's doing.
1: Oh! Um, then, oh, Yeah. Uh,
0: he can't get her out of her mind and this young boy's eyes are really reminiscent of her book or something or there's something about her that's him that's really familiar or whatever
1: Ooh, this could work this could work it's too bad like the only problem with writing the writing agatha like dressing up as a man to get on the boat is that like I don't know if I know enough about acting like a man to convincingly write a woman acting like a man.
0: Well, what am I doing? You're already writing a woman.
1: I know, but, but she isn't trying to act like a man.
0: <laughs> so are you saying my, my uh, first two chapters aren't convincing is a woman trying to act like a man?
1: No, you're fine. <laughs> no, you, you know everything about men.
0: Oh, I do, huh? Yeah, no, I think
1: you know more about men than I do. <laughs> so I'm at a distinct disadvantage here. Well, I'm not at a disadvantage overall, but I'm at a disadvantage if she has to, like, like talk about, you know, um, like, college football or something with the <laughs> other crew members.
0: I don't think college football was around in 1690. Lucky for you.
1: You're right. Um... That, that just makes so it harder because, like, that's the only thing I can sort of, like, default to if you're, I have you're to, like, have get to in talk a conversation. About, you're going
0: to have to talk about ship talk, which I know you are equally as good at that.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, totally. Like, hey, hello, sir. Do you enjoy schooning as much as I do? <laughs> and her interlocutor says, oh, I love a good schoon.
0: Yes. See? Wow. You're nailing it already.
1: All right. I think that um, I'm excited to write the next chapter. I think this one uh, leaves a lot of room for, for intrigue and good plot stuff going forward. And uh, is there anything else?
0: Uh, not that I know of.
1: All right. Tune in again next time for another thrilling chapter of Untitled Novel um, <laughs> in the next episode of Romantic Underpinnings.
0: Thanks, guys. Bye.